Um, but now I definitely have like cut down on the services that I offer. Oh. I cut off some of the things that I that I personally offer, not the salon. Yeah, you know, so that definitely keeps me in a space of like still enjoying what I do. Oh, you know, and not smart. like I don't like dag. I got to do this. I don't like. I don't even want to do. It. I'm like I don't have to. Somebody Maybe else can do it. Else you know. It. Yeah. Mm. So I definitely you know. Um, kind of pair the clients, like I said before, pair the clients where the style is where they're strong at. Yeah. You know? Caitlin, tell me what it means when someone says they want multiple streams of income. Tell the people. Why do the people need multiple streams of income? <laughs> COVID says it all. What's the difference between having an LLC for your business and being trademarked? For me, I'm trying to get multiple streams of income because I'm trying to retire early. 62, can't do it. I, last time we talked, I thought I was like this much closer to getting brooms. Turns out I was wrong. Um, they, it's just, you know, I think after this, after my experience with how tumultuous it has been trying to get these brooms stateside. Mm -hmm. I might open up an import export business. Mm -hmm. I need to do some like research and mm -hmm. figure out how lucrative it is and like what kind of things I can import and export for people. Mm -hmm. But what I know is there's a lot of secrets out there. So I'm telling this to you so that you know that if you, cause a lot of people go on like Alibaba or AliExpress, right? Right. Uh -huh. right. It's a big wholesale marketplace full of like most of the time, like Asian vendors, mm -hmm. right? Different types right. of Asian vendors. And right. if you're interested in selling some, or if you have inventory, people think, Oh, it's a good idea to go on here and get a wholesale. So it could be, if you're only getting a few pieces, right? So if mm -hmm. you're getting something that can come by DHL, UPS, whatever. Mm -hmm. When you start ordering things that require like bulk cargo and freight and you gotta import it like via the ports of the United States, mm -hmm. via the port of Baltimore or New York or whatever, stuff start getting real complicated. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I found out. And it's not always as cheap as it seems. So, you know, I think you should keep that in mind as you out here shopping on the Alibabas and the <laughs> AliExpresses and whatnot, because <laughs> The brooms originally that I was purchasing, I think they were going to end up being like $2 a piece. So mm -hmm. that's with what I was paying her plus the shipping yeah. price that she gave me. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh -huh. But since that time, I have paid for bonds. I have paid for permits. I have paid oh. for... There has been a lot of things. Oh, yeah. And I'm still crossing my fingers that I don't have a $5,000 fine to U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. Because oh. apparently, one of these forms you're supposed to file before the cargo hits the water. Mm. And if you file it after the cargo hits the water, you're open for a fine up to $5,000. Mm. Now, my broker said she doesn't think it's going to happen because it's not a big enough shipment to, like, flag CPB. Warren, something like and that. they also can see that it's my first time. So they're mm -hmm. like, okay, we'll let her off. Yeah. But you, she said usually those fines are reserved <laughs> for people who are doing it on purpose. Yeah. But still, she's like, but yeah. still, I'm just letting you know it could happen. Yeah, I ain't saying it you, won't happen. I'm not either. saying it won't happen either, right? So she like, don't hold me to it. But I'm yeah. saying, like, yeah. this is what it looks like. So there's just so many things. And, like, I haven't even got to all of it. Like, it's, it's just a lot. Mm. So I've learned a lot. I spent a lot more money. So at this point, it looks like what I thought was going to end up being $2 per piece. Mm -hmm. It's going to look like to be about 5 or $6 per piece. Mm. Still way better than what I was paying stateside, right? Because mm -hmm. I was paying um, $8 or $9 per piece to mm -hmm. a retail vendor plus shipping. So at least I'll have them in inventory for whatever. But mm -hmm. it, it was, it's been painful. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. 
It sounds like it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm over like it. it. I'm like ready it. to shut. So the other day, this morning, I had a bride um, email me. And she was like, hey, I was looking at your brooms, and I see they say sold out. Because I am done with the brooms that I had in the house. Right. Uh, okay. These ones were supposed to be here already. Yeah. And so I'm stuck in the middle of, do I wait for these to get here and fulfill orders? Or do I try to source these? Which okay. are costing me like twenty dollars a pop, sourcing mm-hmm. them now internally in the United States. Yeah, and I'm at the point where I'm just about to let Pretty Prince rest for three weeks. I, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm tired. Yeah. And it might be good for you. Yeah, like you said. I mean, we heard it on multiple episodes where you thought you was gonna be able to slow down. Yeah, but you know you haven't had that time no. yet, so this might be a good time. One for your physical self, self yes. just so you can rest. Yeah, you're doing a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. then also. For the business, like yeah. in that resting period, but then getting some time to actually like focus on the business yes. versus so much in the business. Exactly. You know so I saying? think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm just going to have to let that thing ride until like, you know, by the time they hit the port on the 17th in New York, they should be here, she said, by the end of the month. So mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to have to let these three weeks do what they do. And uh, we going to see what happens because gotcha. I'm tired. Because gotcha. also the other thing is... Um, by the time I source them, more rooms stateside, it'll be two weeks before they get here anyway. So okay. it kind of seems pointless yeah, anyway. Yeah, okay. Anyway, that is currently what is going wrong yeah. in my life. <laughs> How Good about luck you? on everything. Thank you. Appreciate um, you. With me, um, Come grinding. on and say it. Come on and say it. <laughs> grinding. Come, yes. You know, the space. Eh? Well, well, I've been announced that we had the space. Yes, but... So now we finally set a date. There it is. <laughs> we finally set a date after dealing with the multiple contractors <laughs> and everything. And to be honest, it's still... You still not it, done? I mean, because it's like, so in, for us needing... Well, I ain't going to say that. Yeah, it's still not done. Done, done, yeah. It probably won't be done. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like you, you finish one part. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's uh, so I'm going to tell you like this. It goes from like being completely dog dirty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like or just unattractive. Yeah. So now I'm getting everything that you need in place, you know, like the plumbing. If you if you need like paint, electrical at that point, then it looks good. But then it gets like right back dog dirty because it's like it's like so we had the fresh paint and everything. Yeah. Then we had some work come in there. Then I think it's like dusty. Uh-huh. The flooring is all. It's like it needs a deep clean. So yeah. it's just like it still needs some work. Yeah. But it's like you know just. But you're on your way. It's us. Yeah. Now I'm doing the work. I don't have to really depend on anybody else. Well, <laughs> kinda, <laughs> kinda. But overall, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. I seen your contractor in one of the pictures you posted. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to say something, but I was like, I'm gonna let it ride. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's what I've been up to, and I've been grinding. I bet. I bet we had a live. Um, what a couple weeks ago? Last week was it last? The week? first week. Yeah. The yeah, first Wednesday few, few weeks in ago. June. So y'all know we do the lives with um, Whitney Wim Briscoe. Um, from uh, MD Department of, of course, I'm going to get it wrong now, Small Business Development Center for mm-hmm. the Regional Small Business. And Kaylin was, like, trying to interact with us on the live, but, like, trying to do stuff. Yeah, so I building. was in there, yeah. <laughs> yes, he yeah. was doing all the things, but he was he was holding it together. <laughs> but, yeah, so so that's what I've been up to. Okay. But enough about us. Yes. You now get, get into the point why y'all are listening, because, you know, y'all, y'all to listen to our journey, but y'all came to get paid and yes. get some in-depth insight into the the beauty industry Mm -hmm. more specifically 
the hair industry, you know, and there's so many um, stylists in our area, like whether I guess you can call them like independent stylists that work out of the home, Uh bomb stylists. Uh Then you have some that work out of that work out of like the salon plaza the solar salons the, uh, you know that that Phoenix type of salon, mob yeah it's so many of yes. them which is a great you <laughs> uh-huh. know next level up uh-huh. but then there are still a lot of people mm-hmm. stylists that um aspire to have their own like own yes hair salon uh-huh. studio where they have multiple stylists working under them yes. And the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Well, today, Stream Chases, we got somebody that's been doing it and that has gone on a journey yeah. of, of different levels. So she's going to be able to dive into a lot of that stuff. And like I said earlier in the intro, just talk about like some of the challenges, because a lot of people at home, you know, you might be thinking right. that, oh, I'm booming. I got I got, you know, client after client. But uh-huh. then it's different when it's time to step out. It is. You and know what I'm saying? Also different from remember, we had Jamie on. Right. Yes. And Jamie was someone who owns a salon, but she's never been behind the chair. So it was a different kind of perspective. And I think most stylists or most salon owners start behind a chair and then, you know, they end up owning their own salon. So this will be able to give you like a progressive journey if you mm-hmm. are a stylist and are headed or want to be headed in that direction. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But enough of me talking. I'd like to go ahead and introduce our guest on today, Mrs. Kashina Fleet mm-hmm. for us, the Hello. founder and owner of Salon Say Chic in Bowie, Maryland, I believe. Yes. Um, nice. It, uh, I've just seen it from the pictures on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But when I say nice, like I brag to my wife often, it's like, the style or, or the the design of the mm-hmm. studio of the salon is nice. It's like the the nice wood, and it's like I don't know if this is on purpose or if this was a photo shoot, but it's like nice black. It's like the the attire. It just looks nice. I expect nothing less. <laughs> yeah, it looks nice. It's very well put together. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, here's our guest today. We're right. glad that she's with us today. And before we get into the business aspect. Uh, Kashina, if you can just set the stage for the listeners and just kind of give people like a little bit background about yourself, like, like, you know, did you come from a business family background or like, what was it that made you even want to get into business for yourself? Well, um, well, hi, I'm Kashina C. Fleet, owner of Salon Say Chic in Bowie, Maryland. Like you said, um, I have been a hairstylist for ooh, going on. I'll say I've been licensed because, you know, if you want to count the kitchen days. <laughs> yeah. But I've been licensed for 17 years wow. um, and I've been a salon owner now for going on uh, five years. Um, no, I have not. I did not come from a family of business owners. Um, first college graduate, first business owner in my family. Um, and I went into business for myself because I just felt there was a need for, um, good quality, luxury, upscale, professional, uh, black owned hair mm-hmm. salons in the area. I'm just kind of <laughs> <laughs> say it again. The way she broke that down. Yeah. Yeah. Good it's like quality. It's all of those things. <laughs> Start with the good quality yeah. underscore that thing. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. of those things. You know, I've been um I have, like I said, I've been licensed since 2005. I have been a hairstylist in New York, Chicago, mm-hmm. and um, in here in Maryland. Although I'm from Maryland, born and raised in Maryland. I went to also Charlotte, North Carolina is mm-hmm. where I originally got my cosmetology license um, after I finished college. So I have 
throughout my journey, I have experienced, you know, different levels of service mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess in the go. hair industry mm-hmm. um, in the salons and it was just always just something missing like everywhere I went so instead mm-hmm. of me kept you know continuing to search for what I was looking for I just started you know thought it was a good idea to just create my own gotcha. so you know and I could make it and tailor it to exactly what I wanted it to be gotcha okay so I feel her yeah <laughs> and I, what I will say is she said she started with good quality Let me yeah tell you something there's a current and you can tell me how you feel about it there's a current <laughs> sentiment among women that it is hard to find a stylist who cares for your hair anymore yeah like mo- hmm. you, you break that down a, what you okay, mean so you can find a plethora of women who can give you a good style so Correct. you're looking for a nice ponytail with the okay. barbie updo or the uh-huh. whatever like you can find a plethora of women to do that mm-hmm. but a lot of them will not care for your hair meaning help it grow help maintain it right people got edges falling out they got heat damage they got all of that and some styles will style right over top of that and keep right right on busting down the road you know what i mean you come in with broken hair they're gonna dye it anyway because you said that's what color you want and that kind of stuff like integrity like yes that's what I mean. Integrity yes. behind the thing. And gotcha. so um, I'm from St. Mary's County. Okay. And so it's a small place. <laughs> I grew, The hairstylist that I grew up with, the hairdresser I grew up with was an older woman. Okay. She was like 80 years old, but she was so good. <laughs> I mean, she was so good at what she did. My hair grew under the conditions of having a perm, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, it can happen. It can. It, it can happen. And so it was growing. Everything was fine. Then, you know, you go off to college, things happen. Whatever. And um and when I met you and mm-hmm. I met you over at Salon Plaza, I came home and I told my husband, it's the first time I felt like somebody cared for my hair Aww. in a long time. Like mm. I felt the care and the quality was there. And I was like, I found her. Then then he convinced me to lock my hair. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there. Okay. <laughs> yes. So good quality underscore. Uh-huh. Yes. And just so let me ask you this. In your journey, how long was your journey before you decided that it was time to open a salon? Let's see. Like I said, I've uh, 2005. I opened in 2017. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that was what? 12 years? Yeah. yeah. 12 yeah. years. 12 years. So, oh, go ahead. I was about to say, in that 12 years, though, I um always been like independent. I worked mm. at one, I take that back, two commission-based salons during that time but outside of that I've always been like independent what does that okay. mean what yeah I'm independent as in a booth renter oh, so I've okay. either you know booth rented at salons or I've um I've also been in salon plaza as well because we just yeah. met at salon, at salon plaza so I've done uh-huh. a salon plaza as well and I've also done the salon okay. and, and you said at your experience in the salon that was commission based at fr- so when I first my first experience commission based was like right out of cosmetology school I worked at a commission based salon in Charlotte mm-hmm. okay. and then when after moving back here from Chicago I worked at a commission based salon in Wardle for a little while Okay, um, but even with that I always was independent on the side mm-hmm. too so. <laughs> can I ask your opinion mm-hmm. about that as a because I'm sure you have a, a perspective from an owner, but as a stylist, is there a preference to being independent versus being commission based? Well, I think everyone looks at being um, independent as I get to keep all my money. So, you know, they think that's like the way to go, but it's not, not, not always mm-hmm. the case. Like you have expenses, you have product, you have booth rent, you have marketing, you have, mm-hmm. you know, tools, you have your investing in your education. Mm-hmm. So all of those things, I don't think people take account for when they want to like mm-hmm. go straight to booth rent. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. like the people, the people that's hopping straight out, they're going to 
Salon Plaza trying to get their space. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, that or even, you know, because I think these days is more booth uh, suites as as opposed to salons that do booth rent. So right. either way, so booth rent and salon suites is essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're both you are independent in both capacities. So responsible for well, I, I definitely know in um, in the suites mm-hmm. you're responsible for your own because you're almost like an independent, like you said, independent. But for the commission base, when you're in the um, in the salon, are you responsible for your own clients still, or? Well, it depends on the structure of the salon. Like for example, um, at Salon Say She, you are. I do all of the marketing. I provide all the products and even some of the you know tools, the working tools. So literally, you can come in, you know, show up to work, work, and just I, all I require you to do is just to get better at your craft. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, I offer trainings and that sort of thing. So. You just need to show up. Gotcha. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. Show up and be prepared to work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time me up for that one. Yeah. No, no. Nah, so that sounds, that's great for the employee. Because yeah. if I'm an employee, it's uh-huh. like, well, sweet. Uh-huh. Like, all I got to do is show up and it's on you to the provide the clients. It It is on me. However, I will say, even with that, I will say at the end of the day, you are still, I think it's still some sense of responsibility to the stylist because that is still your work, your mm-hmm. craft that you're producing, you know, on someone. So you still have to put a little something behind it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you got to still go out and still promote yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you can't just rely on uh, the salon owner or I say for myself, you just can't rely on me to, to fill the books, although I can. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's you, you still have to go out and be your own mouthpiece because at the end of the day, you are... You have to sell yourself, even mm-hmm. when someone sits in your chair. Although I got them in your chair, mm-hmm. you have to sell yourself to keep them in your chair. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, right. and and currently in in your salon, those stylists are getting paid on commission. Yes. Okay. So currently, um, all of my stylists are commission based. I, you know, opened kind of teeter-totted whether I wanted to do a, a hybrid, which is have booth rental and commission, but mm-hmm. I just settled on commission. Okay. Um, one booth rental salons there's a cap basically on how much you can make as a salon owner gotcha. because once the booth are filled right, you get that. your booth rent like yeah. that's it you know it's yeah. no more unless you are doing you know retail or some other right. sources right. um and then even with that booth rental you are <clears throat> you only can provide the space um for them to work you can't control how they run their business what type of clientele they bring in, bring it in and how out. they dress, you know, you can have some guidelines about like dress code, but at yeah. the end, really like you, they're their own business they inside of your you. business. Yeah. And this is the problem in the barbershop. <laughs> we'll continue. Yeah. But yeah that, so. That's a problem. Like, so, so, you know, she's spot on because yeah. that's a problem with, with, like you said, that whole model, because, you know, you want to give people the freedom to be creative, but mm-hmm. your name is on this thing exactly if it was like salon suites or 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 salon say she booth rent or studio rental it's like she's the one paying it you know Mm -hmm. paying the overall but it's like you got people in here with Mm -hmm. you know the one piece the (laughs) one piece you know joints (laughs) don't do do it listen the dress code that's what i'm talking about exactly it's always a struggle with the dress code and i I don't know if it's a generational thing to be Mm -hmm. honest Mm -hmm. with the whole what is professional and what is not it is because over (laughs) over the years lord i have um definitely that's one thing i'm like very very like strict on it's like 
how you look when you show up to work, you know, because you yeah. are rep- not only representing yourself, like you're representing me. Yeah. <laughs> you're representing the brand. And, you know, we I think we got a good reputation out in the street. So, you know, mm-hmm. I want to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. over the years, I've had sent employees home because they come to work dressed any kind of way so yeah Yeah. it is definitely important to kind of show up proper i agree you know in the um the commission-based structure i think is more popular in hair salons as opposed to like barbershops if your barber's listening i think they do a lot of like the independent booth rental Mm -hmm. which is why your barber show up at 12 o'clock when he said he got an appointment for 10 they just be any kind of way yeah and and that's a thing you know what i mean yeah because you want to have a brand and you want this to be master cuts or whatever and people have to be there to to do the thing Right. So let me ask you a question about your commission schedule. Does everybody make the same commission? Is that how that works? So I have my commission structure is yes, everybody has the gets the same commission off of the service. Now, what varies is the price point for each stylist. Okay. So yeah, the the commission structure is the same across the board. So I have um right now I have four tiers mm-hmm. of level stylists. So okay. if either you know just depending on where you are. Um, so what, how you can increase your, what you take home at the end of the day is based on your price point oh, for your services. Do you decide what level stylist they are? Yes. Okay. I do. Based on your training or yes. the training that they receive. Yes. Based on the training they receive. Um, and then also if I have someone, um, stylist coming in with, uh, with experience already, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, I have a kind of a kind of I don't know if it's vigorous but a three-part <laughs> interview mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. so I definitely do a lot of screening before you mm-hmm. know I just bring anybody in and to yeah. decide where they are as far as you know where they go on the um the tier but anyone coming fresh out of cosmetology school you're you know you're starting at level yeah. one yeah. yeah that makes sense I like it no that mm-hmm. makes that makes a lot of sense because like I said I've, I've always well I, I knew a little bit of background about how you were doing, mm-hmm. you know, your, your model. And it always intrigued me mm-hmm. because the first thing that went off is the world that we live in now, everybody wants to be independent, mm-hmm. their own business owner, mm-hmm. you know? So the fact that it's like, well, you're going to come in here, but you know, you working under me, yeah. it was just like, does that really work? But it's like, she breaking it down. So it was just like, I think, I think you have a great model. Thank I like you. that. Yeah. Thank and I you. mean, it gives those who are fresh out of cosmetology school, you don't have clientele, an opportunity, an opportunity to get some hands-on experience, like really learn in shop, right. inside of a shop, build clientele. Because like you said, it's still their craft that they're putting right. on somebody's head. And if somebody likes them, they'll continue to come back to right. that person and request that person. Mm-hmm. Right. And then at whatever moment they decide, okay, I'm about to spring for myself, you have a clientele list that you've built that you can take with you. you know? Right, right. Well... It's two things that you said. I'm, okay. Yeah, so. Not necessarily. Um, I would, to kind of go back to something you said about, you know, the commission structure is not really known in like barbershop world, which mm-hmm. is true. I do know some barbers that do operate that okay. way, but I will say the commission based structure isn't really um, well known in black hair oh. industry. It's more definitely white salons. You're, you know, for the most part, there's commission structure. You're going in is no, you know, yeah. no thing. Okay. Um, so it's, I, at least I don't know of a lot of like black owned salons that are, you know, strictly yes. commission based. Um, I don't know too many this, black salons. 
like to be honest, because you know, everybody is shops, in everybody is in salon plaza and, whatever. Mm-hmm. and those That's things. Such a good point. When I yeah. was in college, I came across this white salon that had a few black people stylists at it, but mm-hmm. they were on the same like master stylist or junior stylist one or whatever. Right, so it's right. just not a black. This makes sense. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. I'm and, <laughs> and then as far as, you know, building a clientele and then taking the clientele with you. Mm-hmm. You can see why yeah. this might be a problem. There is a problem because like I said before, the salon is doing most of the, the legwork work to right. get the clients, you know, in the door. Um, you know, at the end of the day, and you cannot control, you know, what Your people do and mm-hmm. what they do. But I do have um, in our in my agreement, there is like you cannot solicit clients, you okay. know, outside of the salon to okay. like come see you or whatever. And when you leave, yes, you're not you're, you're not you're getting not a client list. Anymore. You're just not here anymore. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and now if the client decides to seek you out, seek you out. By yeah. all means, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not holding anyone, mm-hmm. but I'm not, you know, got it. giving you a client list. Right, right. <laughs> right. I like, wouldn't expect yeah. that, but some clients will hunt you down. I am one of those people. <laughs> I yeah. will say Which that. Which is fine. You know, I actually have, you know, I've had several, you know, um, Staff that came in started off in assistance. They okay. built their clientele and they have gone off to work on their own in suites, which yeah. I'm, you know, very proud of them for doing that. And I've had some clients that um, has has followed them mm-hmm. or some of my even, you know, loyal clients that they can't get to me. And I'm like, oh, I went to so and so, and I'm totally fine with that because mm-hmm. I know the training they got, so I yeah. know the condition your hair, I know the mm-hmm. care you're yeah. getting yeah. outside yeah. of, you know, yes. outside of me. So got you. Yes. Okay, I see that. So, um, because you control like the schedule of, you know, the, the clients that are coming in there mm-hmm. and the stylists, um, that they're going to say like Candace comes in she likes, you know, this particular stylist. Every time Candace comes back, does she stay with that stylist? If or- she wants to. So, yeah. so it's up to Candace. Yes. But when she first comes in, it's going to whoever, right? It goes to whoever or so I um display all the stylist work on our social media if you okay. go to like our highlight section you can see you know okay. all the stylist mm-hmm. work so it's break I thought that was kind of easier to mm-hmm. so if someone comes in if they want to pick a particular person they mm-hmm. can um but if they don't have a a preferred stylist I give them to whoever is open or mm-hmm. I get a little better background of like the length of their hair what they're looking for and I'll pair them with the right with the best gotcha. fit for them gotcha. I was going to mm-hmm. ask that what um cuz you would I know the difference between the levels is levels of training and would you suggest a certain client go to a certain level due to the damage or lack thereof to their hair? Um, yeah, I definitely would, depending on what, what they're looking for. Okay. Yeah. And then you have some people that come like, I don't want, you know, someone, I would like a more seasoned stylist. So they'll ask. So I'll okay. pair them with that. And I'll just mm-hmm. let them know, you know, the difference in the price. Because some people are like, oh, I want to pay that much. And I'm like, okay, well, we have we'll this. Right yeah, we that. can, we have another option for you, <laughs> yes. you know, because I definitely get a lot of people who call and ask for my price. Like, like I want to book with you. And I'm like, okay, well, it's, you know such and such amount I'm like oh it's that much yeah you know yeah, it is I said yeah. however you know yeah. if you want to come to we someone else who's been trained by me you yeah. know I can give you another option that is such a good way to um when we talk to so like I said we talked to a young lady um a she was like early on in stream chasers like stream chasers season one talking about Jamie yeah mm-hmm. early on 
one of the um, cautionary tales that she gave is that a lot of times people who are stylists mm-hmm. have a hard time getting, unless it's their passion to be behind the chair in the first place, but um, have a hard time getting out from behind the chair to run the business because mm-hmm. they need to make money too, mm-hmm. right? But if you're a master stylist and you've upped your price, then when I am behind the chair, you're going to pay me for exactly. it, like mm-hmm. in a real way. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so from a manager perspective, oh, perspective, like... <laughs> What do you do if, like, everybody can request a certain stylist, mm-hmm. oh. you know, but, you know, and, the, you know, they're entitled because this is Candace's hair, you know what I'm saying? So she's entitled to go to who she wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you do when this other stylist, a level one, or it could be a level two, whoever, but people just not really fooling her styles, isn't getting any work compared mm-hmm. to these other stylists, but she's still showing up to get paid? That tells me that that stylist just needs more training. Okay. So I just help and work with them, just kind of perfecting their craft and like finding ways, looking at how they do. It, it could be timing, it could be the styling. Okay. So I just work on whatever needs to be fixed mm-hmm. until they until they build. Gotcha. So I've definitely I've had that happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it okay. happens all the time actually for um, the newer stylists that I get in, especially if they're like fresh out of school. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when they're going to be slow for the mm-hmm. most part, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. They're trying to be then, so perfect. Exactly. And it'd be so, it'd be so wrong. <laughs> you know, they try to make it so perfect, and it's like that's the lane, that baby. But you know, we gonna work, we gonna work on it. <laughs> we gonna work on it. So you know, just pull that mannequin out. Let's yeah, let's yeah. tweak a few things. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's that's what I do. And I and eventually, you know, their books is just this field. Mm-hmm. So I do. Um, like currently, I have two stylists. Um, one has you know came to me with some experience and one was fresh out of school and now they're kind of like you know neck and neck as far as what mm-hmm. they bring in as far as sales and their clientele yeah. Yeah. so okay yeah i like it no that's that's cool and so the way you make more money is moving up in the scale because although the commission is the same the price point is higher so exactly. you bring home more money mm-hmm. i like so so i'm gonna switch the gears a little okay. bit so you know um Candace told us like how she used to come to you back mm-hmm. when you were in the salon the salon Plaza Suites. suites. Uh-huh. So when you um, you know made that jump from I guess the other studios or the one out in Waldorf, you know there was a time when you knew all right it's time for me to become independent. When did that like when did you know it's time for me to leave the salon Plaza and jump all in into starting this? whole thing Mm -hmm. because like i know as you know you got a whole storefront Mm -hmm. you know like the whole build out like (laughs) like the real deal so it's like if y'all heard me talk about this little thing (laughs) in in like in like in like an office park (laughs) Uh you got a whole storefront yes so like you know which brings a whole lot more expenses so as a stylist and owner when Mm -hmm. did you know the time is now well when i actually when i left salon plaza and i um i was only there i think maybe two three years maybe like two and a half three years um but i knew it was time for me to leave because i there was other stylists that had been there for years on years on years and they would just move around in the building Mm. and i was like when one particular (laughs) what you mean just a different area yeah Yeah. so they may have started off in the front i'm like oh "Oh," and if a suite became over and like i want to be in the back now so they just moved Okay. as it becomes available <laughs> gotcha. but you know salon plaza and i think now this how the suites are you really can't hear in different but back then like it was no ceilings you know yeah. so you can okay. hear across okay it was like cubicles it was definitely cubicles okay but i was like it just became it was just 
<laughs> things were happening. It was like beyond my control. And it was like, oh, there's okay. no way, you okay. know, I can continue in this space. And then I also wanted to start, um, I felt like I wanted to be around people again. So I actually mm-hmm. moved out of Salon Plaza and went to a salon. Okay. okay. To, and booth rented, Nihilus, mm-hmm. which was a great situation because it was a um, resale space um, underneath the building that I actually lived in. So I literally just oh. walked downstairs to work. So it, was no a win. <laughs> so it was a win-win. But even in that space, I was like, after like, I don't even know if it came close to year. And I was like, yeah, I have to just like, there's nowhere else for me to go. Let me just mm-hmm. work on getting my own mm-hmm. space. So talk to my fiance boyfriend at the time. I was like, I want my own space. And he was like, do it. So mm-hmm. we went and met with the, um, a consultant. They found me a location, you know, and I was like, all right. And then in my mind, I'm thinking like, I just want something small, you know, where yeah, I can yeah, go yeah. to, you know. But when we found the location, I was like, this location is perfect. I was like, it's much bigger than what, you know, I mm-hmm. originally wanted. I was like, mm-hmm. but you can't beat, you know, yeah. the location. And he was like, I was like, the rent, though. He was like, <laughs> you got it. Like, and I was like, okay. He was like, you can at least, you know, make enough to cover the rent. I was like, yeah, I can pay the rent. He was like, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I just went and jumped. Yeah. And we went forward. Nice. Man, I can't even imagine <laughs> how to prepare my mind. Let me tell you, build out and all of that stuff. It was extremely, extremely stressful. And when I look at pictures of myself (laughs) during that period, I was like, I look so stressed out. But I mean, it was definitely, we were both, we broke up probably about 20 times (laughs) during that process, in my mind anyway. But, you know, but it was, um, it was definitely stressful because like I did a complete build out, like concrete, there was no walls, like no Mm -hmm. anything. And that was the, it was very scary for me because I was the first time I've ever done anything like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was um, confident in is how I would run it once I got in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because what I did as a booth runner, which I think most people don't think about, is I ran my booth in any space I went in from the booth to Salon Plaza, whatever. I ran my, like, I had a system for everything about how I ran my clients. So it was very easy for me to just take how I was already operating and just go into a bigger space. Gotcha. So, you know, I already was working with assistants. I've Mm -hmm. already had like my LLC set up. I Mm -hmm. already, you know, was doing payroll. Like Mm -hmm. I already had employee schedules and, you know, client schedules and how I communicated already had a business line. Like all of those things were already in place before I went into that space. I can say that because let me tell you another chronically black thing. I'm just going to say it is <laughs> going into a salon and wait like your appointment 10 o'clock since you ain't sitting in the chair till 11 though. It's not going to happen. Mm-mm. And that never happened with Kashina in the time that I saw her, which was another mm-hmm. plus because my time is valuable too. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like I sit here and, and it seemed like at least in my experience going to salons all these years, yeah. the, the um, longer you had seen, been seeing the stylist, the easier it was for your appointment time to slide. Because they got yeah, comfortable. They got they comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, I gotta like she ain't going nowhere else. Yeah. She ain't going nowhere. She know I know her hand. It's like, but I don't want to be here. Yeah, all I got day, things though. to do. Yeah. 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 Over the years, that has become like a pet peeve of mine. Like, I hate for the clients to wait so much, even with the space as big as I have. I only have two waiting chairs up front. Come mm-hmm. on, like, and no one ever really sits in them. Because yeah. once I'm you come about. in the door, you're going straight to the back. You mm-hmm. know, you're yes. getting service yeah. for the most yeah. part. And I get on my stylist all the time. I know they hate me, but I don't care. Like, if you know you're running late, just give the client a call. Like, yes. that's all it takes. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It doesn't, no one wants to feel like they're held hostage. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. They yeah. got, if they want to go run a Starbucks or whatever, you know, yeah. do run the Target, a bank run or whatever, like, give them that space to do that. Like, yeah. that's not, 
it's not you, you cannot control you know yeah. someone else's time yeah. in that way and yeah. I and I really hate that yeah. I agree I think it no, I'm I sorry I think no. it came from over the years I have once I cannot lie and say I have not once like been that style of been yeah. in that mm-hmm. position mm-hmm. where that happened but I didn't like the feeling oh, okay. yeah. so I cha- you know I changed that so and that's the same schedule that you kind of keep with you today. yeah yeah and that's part of your brand and like Candace was saying like as a as a client mm-hmm. that's something that could be driving them back so even if like yep. the service or like the hairstyle mm-hmm. let's just say was an a minus mm-hmm. you know it's like oh it's good but it's you know it could have been a little better mm-hmm. but you're like but the service in terms of like i i get in they say 11 i'm in there mm-hmm. it's a good vibe and i'm gonna keep going back yes mm-hmm. just, just something off of that yeah i mean it's a good vibe when i've had i've been locked for probably five years because i think i was i started locking right before you opened your salon so 2017 2016 something like that that sounds about right and uh i know where i'm going when i cut these off like there was not uh, a question no. oh, yeah. of what's gonna happen when i cut these bangs off <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. a matter of when that's gonna happen gotcha oh, okay nice. i appreciate that not, it's all truth i wouldn't lie to y'all okay gotcha yeah. gotcha mm-hmm. so so i want to take a, a another step uh actually a step back um so you have like the general or the traditional route, I guess, of cosmetology school mm-hmm. for for people, you know, that are aspiring <laughs> to become stylists. Mm-hmm. Is that the only like so to work in a salon, you have to be licensed? Yes. Okay. You have to be. Well, I'm going to say mine. Okay. You have to be licensed okay. to work in mine, and legally, yes, you are supposed to supposed be licensed to. to work in salons. But I've definitely heard some stories. Um, but it's cosmetology school. The only way to get licensed, no, you can do an apprenticeship, and that's working under a senior cosmetologist, um, mm-hmm. like gaining your hours. But you still have to take tests, um, and it's up to that um, senior stylist to like. I'll give the test and submit your like test to state board um, mm. and that sort of thing. And you still have to sit for the state board exam. Mm. Okay. Do you provide that? Um, I have not as of yet, but I am qualified to. Gotcha. Um, because you, and I have to go back. I don't know if they changed it, but the last time I looked into it, um, you have to offer 40 hours Okay. Um, like you know like monitoring working. them yeah, okay. and i don't work behind the chair that much um no i don't i'm not behind the chair that much anymore to offer that to That's someone right, right now yeah. yeah but that is something um i would you know i would that is something i'm working towards to have an apprenticeship program in the salon yes okay is that something that you um are, I'm very. I, I love hearing that you're not behind the chair. That yes. Much. Do you miss being behind the chair, or do you like your current like schedule? So some days I do, and some days I don't. So because I absolutely love like styling hair, I do. I go back and forth like. I'm retiring. I don't retire like so many times. Like, I'm not doing no more. Like I'm closing my books and you know, yeah. I'm not doing yeah. it. But then I do miss it. So when I get into like a groove and I'm like, I really love this. But I do know um, as a salon owner, it is like impossible to really grow the business like you want to and like you need to from being behind the chair yeah. that much. So right now I'm down to three days um, behind the chair and I'm about to cut it back to two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just, just, so just something to, piggyback on so my second job out of college i was working um for a small consulting company Mm -hmm. who did government contracts but it was a it was a small woman-owned company the corporate headquarters it was about 12 of us in there Mm -hmm. so we worked like side by side with the ceo Mm -hmm. who had been in this business for 20 25 years Mm -hmm. and i was the business development person and she used to tell me like caitlin i know if you are if you are or aren't doing your job 
by how much I'm in this office. Like, I should not be in this office mm. because the more I'm in this office, that's letting me know that you're not doing your job mm-hmm. because I'm not out making connections, going to conferences, mm-hmm. doing like the networking things of building the business mm-hmm. versus me coming in here so sitting actually, behind. For her, it was sitting behind the computer. For you, it would be behind sitting chair. behind the chair. So it, I always thought about that, like that nugget, like the owner cannot or shouldn't, shouldn't. always be like yeah. a you know a percentage like it shouldn't be majority in the business mm-hmm. like you said outside doing yeah. other things working on the business right right um i have been working with um business coaches or salon coaches salon owner coaches since i've opened okay um so each um each one they that each one i've worked i've worked with three different ones mm-hmm. uh, you know because i'm trying to find the, the perfect the right fit, fit the right mm-hmm. fit because mm-hmm. that is a thing too but <laughs> <laughs> they all like you need to get from you know behind the, the chair. chair so the current one i'm like all right so how many hours you do behind the chair this week and what's the number <laughs> all right how can we do that without you behind yeah, the chair, chair. Yeah. so mm-hmm. so now that i um but the thing the key to that is definitely like having the right staff you know mm-hmm. and having a right a right the right a number right number of people you mm-hmm. know uh, on staff to make that happen gotcha yeah how many stylists do you currently have at your salon so right now i have let's see one two three actually i'm hiring a new one tomorrow so four five including myself and then i have um three salon assistants okay yeah and they do shampoo and shampoo things. blow dry and okay. yeah, upkeep um usually like the first uh pass of a silk press like just kind of prep work prep work for color okay um mm-hmm. yeah whatever i need to do okay. to make my part of the job so, easier. Yeah. Right? so okay. yeah I and i only hire um salon assistants if they are currently in cosmetology school or have I graduated just, i was just yeah. about to ask so yeah. like is that like the first step, you know, are a lot of them on that path to becoming stylists. Yes, I made that switch. I don't know. I can't remember what year of the journey that I've made that switch. Mm -hmm. But before, I would just hire anybody just to have them. As an assistant? As an assistant, anybody that can do the job. But what I've learned is that that's not that's not going to help me grow you know mm-hmm. as a business so i need people that i can start as an assistant and train them up to to be a stylist mm-hmm. so because gotcha. i don't want you assisting me for five years because yeah. that yeah. <laughs> yeah. you will yeah. be right that's not gonna yeah. get neither one of us nowhere right. that's just gonna be keep me in the same position that's not what i'm trying to do i right. like it i so. like it so your first year in business, if I can be a little nosy, because mm-hmm. a lot of times people's first year in business, they run in the red. Did mm-hmm. you have a red year? Or- absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, I'm just trying to be honest with yes, the people. Yes, absolutely. Definitely started off in the red. When yes. I opened the doors, it was just me. Like, oh, I was okay. the only person. When All I right. first opened the doors, it was me, and I had one assistant at the time. Oh, my goodness. So definitely in the red the first year. Um and I think probably the first two years, to be mm-hmm. honest, you know, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit, oh. I think right before, I think what COVID hit 2020, I think 2019 yeah. was like the first year was like, okay, everything is Fine. going, yeah. it's kind of good, yeah. good. But then I was out on maternity leave, like oh. half of that year too. Oh, but then 2019, mm-hmm, okay. 2020 came like the beginning of 2020. I lost like three stylists, like right at the top of the year and then COVID hit. Mm. Yeah. So then it was like starting back to square one, back to square one. But thank God, you know, that I had all of my ducks in a row as far as, you know, um, 
taxes. Like I done everything mm-hmm. right, so I was able to get all of the funding that we're oh, offering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that you know that definitely. That's why it's yeah. so key to have mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like we say definitely almost key. every other episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have yeah. all your paperwork. Yeah, I had everything, so I was able. Everything they offered, I was able to get. Gotcha. So, so it kept you in business, definitely, and, open and all the things. So now I'm even now with a smaller team, I am like on track of even like surpassing like what I did pre-COVID. So mm-hmm. right, that's, that's a blessing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a blessing. <laughs> Even with me working less hours, so yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I, w- I wanted to get back to that working less hours. Like, so you said the first what two years, mm-hmm. or at least the first year, it was only you and the one assistant. So for I think I opened in August. I've had a couple. I think I didn't get like kind of somewhat fully staffed into like that December mm-hmm. um, and or even like going into January. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Of that, of the next year. So was that 2017? So going into 2018, mm-hmm. okay. I didn't start getting like staffed. Got you. Yeah. And then it was as you started to get the staff and you know, of course, once you're able to get staffed, that means the business is generating more money. Yeah. And is that when you knew like you could slowly start taking on as much clients or having your books as full? My books as full. Yeah, like as you started to. So to be honest, I think even in that season, I was my mind. I was still in the mindset of like I'm still I'm still a hairstylist okay. and I'm still want to work mm-hmm. behind this shit and like pump it out. Like mm-hmm. that's all I knew how to kind of generate you mm-hmm. know money. Mm-hmm. So I think um, over from me being out on maternity leave, like I think it was a light switch. Like okay, you have to kind of operate a little mm-hmm. differently. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how can it still go the way you want it and still generating the numbers that you want with you not being in there? Right. See that. So, so actually, that brings up another question. So, when you went out on maternity leave, mm-hmm. you had did, I'm assuming, but I'm gonna ask it. Mm-hmm. Did you have like that right hand stylist or like a studio manager? Like, who ran yes. it when you were so gone? So, when I was gone, I had um, then I had. Um, I had my cousin and a good friend of mine that was running like my front desk. So they basically managed while I was Mm -hmm. gone, even though it was part time, Mm -hmm. you know, they were in there was like, you know, my eyes and could manage while I was gone. Um, But by then, even with then I had so many systems in place, it could really operate on its own without Mm -hmm. anybody being in there. They were really just in there to make sure that, you know, the systems were running right. Yeah, Yeah. my eyes and like, all right, make sure the money's still in the register, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) But even, you know, even with them um, just being in parts so I'm like, I really, because like I said, I'm so kind of systematic about a lot of things. Like it really ran on its own while gotcha. I was gone. That's nice. Yeah. yeah, that is nice. And I, you know, it's nice that you had really a blessing that you had that external force, which was pregnancy to say, Hey, mm-hmm. how are we going to do this when mm-hmm. you go back? Cause nobody ever wants to leave the baby. Right. So right. now it's like, well, now I want to be home more. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, how am I going to figure this yeah, out? Yeah. It's like, I ain't yeah, trying to go back to work. And you may, it may have taken you longer to think about coming out from behind the chair. Yeah. Um, definitely when I went out, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go back. I yeah. cried, you know, when it was time for me <laughs> to go back. Um, but like, as soon as I went back, I think I went back like full time January 2020 okay. and then, but by March 2020, we were shut down. Yeah. 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 So, so you like, you blessing for yeah, you. Yeah. And definitely, you know, worked out. <laughs> and then I didn't see it as a blessing, but yeah. you know, now I'm like, wow, that really kind of worked out the yep. way it needed to. Mm-hmm. And it also, like I said, forced me to kind of hit the reset button on how I operated, you know, in a, a different capacity, like going back. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm trying that's to figure out how I spend less days behind the chair. 
Nah. My chair. <laughs> yeah. Behind my desk. You gotta train people. Hey, that's the yeah. only way. You gotta train people to do oh, what you do. And you know what, though? That's such a good point because that is something I struggle with because what I do um, is creative, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so yeah. I have an eye for it that I have a hard, I have had a hard time at this point, like, conveying to someone else how to look at it the way but i can imagine you being a stylist is like certain things lay the way they gotta lay this way and then you have to somehow train somebody to see things the the way way you see yes yes and it's definitely difficult because everyone does not have like that natural eye yeah so it's, it's definitely difficult to teach someone um something that you are that you do approach creatively yes yeah and teach them how to do it technically yes yeah so that is definitely a oh, challenge man. I, no, I could because I that's the words that's what i that's yeah. what i struggle with that's it yeah because you, yeah you're in the creative business Yeah, because i approach i literally approach it in a in a very creative sense you know what i'm saying so now technically i have to teach you how to be my creative self how that mm-hmm. works yeah. yeah it's 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 still, I'm not going to say, it's still a struggle for me now. Like, even training my staff now, it's like, okay, how am I going to approach this to teach them how to look at it the way that I do? But I just started, like, writing it down. Mm. Just writing down, mm. like, all the steps, like, what I did. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, just walking them through that. And then, <laughs> I definitely, like, I have so many, like, Google Docs about, you yeah. know, trainers or how That's I do so stuff. Like, trying to stuff. putting it all together. Um, and then, also, just, and then... I think too an approach that I take um, sometimes is like, okay, what do you see? Like, how do you see? Because it's always, you know, in the beauty industry, of course, there's always more than one way to skin a cat, as yes. they say. So mm-hmm. even though I approach it this way, how would you approach it? And maybe we can still get to the, to the desired the result. result. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm right. I'm taking notes. I left my <laughs> phone over there, but I'm taking notes. Okay. Because I need to think about this because I literally have been thinking about how do I get myself out from creating, right? I can mm-hmm. hire somebody easy. And, you know, have them create and, and having two hands means that you can you I can only take so many orders yeah, right now. Like right. I stop orders at a certain point. Yeah. But if you could teach somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. You have more clients. And yeah. You can yeah. This is genius. No. But then I think also it's not also also it's taking off of your plate like some of the things that. Um, like the administrative things. Oh. So even starting off with an assistant just for that part of the mm-hmm. business or, you know, like the small stuff that the takes away the shop, the, the phone answering, the messages, mm-hmm. the emails, like yeah. the confirming appointments, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. This yeah. reminds me, yeah, I need to get a posting out there for a job <laughs> for that. For that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're going to need somebody to take care of that kind of stuff. And that, that makes so much sense. Like if you can get somebody to do those things, it frees up marginally a little bit of time so that mm-hmm. you can, you know, work on other things and then still have time because that's the other part. If somebody else is doing the admin work, then it, that leaves you time to train because right mm-hmm. now, like, I would not know where the time to train would happen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It's like, like I work at exactly. 9 to 5. Yeah, I work at 9 that, to 5. After 5, I'm doing the kids. And, yeah. yeah. I, I struggle with that too because even it's like you know like I said talking to my coach like you have to train I'm like where 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 <laughs> when sweat like how is it <laughs> and it's like you got to carve out the time like literally like schedule the time to and I that was hard for me too like um putting boundaries around or you know boundaries around like I am going to train during this period like don't take a client like don't schedule anything else like block this off for training what are you going to train? I don't know yet, but block the time, <laughs> block yeah. the time off. You okay. know, something may come up in that week where it's something that, you know, like, okay, this is what you need to work on with that person or, you know, yeah. everybody in general. So, yeah, yeah, but starting off with just, like, 
creating the space for it and like yeah. creating the time like it really starts there yeah. that makes sense do you have individual training blocks with each one of your stylists i do so i block off um one-on-one time for the stylist and then i also like create time for like a general like uh group. training mm-hmm. group training mm-hmm. and then i also bring it outside you know oh, educated okay. students Oh, that's yeah. tight. Yeah. yeah. See, and that's, if they was independent, they don't get all that. Yeah, I about to right. say, because that's, <laughs> that's some of those incentives or, mm-hmm. like, the things that boost the morale. Right. Uh-huh. You know, as an employee, they're like, yeah, I don't know what y'all doing over here, but it's like, but I know over my here. yeah my manager yeah. is bringing in outside yeah. trainers, consultants, and we having yeah. photo shoots, and we doing all the things. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I can't even gonna lie. It took me a while to kind of get, you know, get to that point. But, you know, that is definitely yeah, the path yeah. that we're on and the path that I'm staying on. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes a lot of sense because at the end of the day, the better they are, the more clients you're able to bring in secure and keep mm-hmm. returning. Because we all know a returning client costs less than having to secure a new exactly. one. Right. So exactly. you want them to keep coming back. And then you want the South to feel good about themselves. Exactly. And it's like, and then how do I keep you feeling good about yourself, but also keep you here? Mm-hmm. Incentives. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Now I got to figure out how to implement Sheena <laughs> systems and plans and pretty prints. I'm sweating thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's that's like, that's that fun stuff to think about. Like, is it? Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We are different. No. As a creative, that is really not the fun mm-hmm. stuff. Well, see, for me, because I'm not a creative. Mm-hmm. I don't do, I don't I always say like, Anything creative, that's not my lane. Okay. Like I don't I don't do hair, I don't cut hair, <laughs> I don't sing, I don't do art, I don't treat, I don't I don't do nothing. Yeah. But I just like to I like this stuff. Um. To sit and think about strategy okay <laughs> so like okay. yeah so for me that's great that's fun mm-hmm. the fun part for me is the being able to do the thing which is why i asked her about being behind the chair because i can imagine mm-hmm. missing it sometimes because yeah. it's a creative outlet it is um but now i definitely have like cut down on the services that i offer oh. i cut off some of the things that i that i personally offer not the salon yeah you know so that definitely keeps me in a space of like still enjoying what i do oh you know and not smart. like i don't like dag i gotta do this i don't like i don't even want to do it. i'm like i don't have to somebody Maybe else can do it else you know it. yeah mm. so i definitely you know um kind of pair the clients like i said before pair the clients where the style is where they're strong at you yeah. know mm-hmm. so do you yeah. have another master stylist in the salon? Right now, I don't. Okay, it's just right now I'm it's the only you. one. Okay, but just I'm I'm getting trying to get them up there. Okay, yeah. All right, so the so that is the goal because I yes. know some places have like one master stylist and everybody else is like yeah. Well, I mean yeah, I, that's that's the case now, but that's not what I wanted to, want be. It to uh-uh, be. Uh-uh, not okay. at all. I want I definitely the the vision is to. Um, me not doing the one, being the one to do all the training. Yeah. So oh, I want to have someone else in there, like, you know, doing mm-hmm. the trainings. Like, I, <laughs> yes. I don't want so to. So you can be really be one. living. Exactly. And I mean, that's y'all really got living it. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got okay. It. And yeah. that's when we start talking about second locations, because that was my next question. Definitely want a second location. Okay. Um, uh, the goal is to definitely, yeah, like I said, have basically um, a training program was like in a book here you go like someone literally can teach them mm-hmm. everything that i've kind of put together okay. and i don't have to be the one mm-hmm. doing it so and that's the way i would definitely want to expand to different locations so, so the goal is to for it to be um i'm all i'm educated at heart you know mm-hmm. i've 
education background. I was a math teacher before I was a hairstylist. So, so is that what you went to college? I went to college to be a math teacher. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, and I taught for seven years algebra, middle school, and high school. Middle school, that's Mm -hmm. a blessing. Next, middle school is the worst. Okay, so, so. We got to take a step back and go down that journey real quick. So okay. you went to school. So you always was doing hair, I'm assuming, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, you were just talented. Right. And then you went off to college. You graduated high school and said, all right, I'm going to college, get this good degree mm-hmm. in math or, you know, whatever yeah. it was. And then you became a teacher. How did you transition from being a teacher to a whole stylist? Well, I always did both kind of simultaneously, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, hairstylist actually was my first passion, the first love. And I wanted to do that even while I was in high school. But my parents kind of shut down the idea. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, no. Nah. My mom was like, yeah. you're not going to do hair for the rest of your life. And I'm like, but I really want to do hair. They mm-hmm. wouldn't even sign the papers for me to take it, you know, in yeah. high school. Yeah. And I was like, all right, yeah. fine. They are like, you're going to school and you're going away. And I'm yeah. like, all right, great. <laughs> so, um even like I re- always remember this like sixth grade graduation you know they make you do these kind of figurines like what do you want to be when you mm-hmm. grow up and I was like I want to do two I want to be a teacher and I want to be a hairstylist so mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um so even with me going to college uh by the senior year I was had a whole salon set up in my mm-hmm. in my dorm room gotcha. like in the suite kind of taking over every study hall dryers mm-hmm. everywhere that's when like the doobie wraps you know roll yep, wraps uh-huh. and things so did that I was a um a salon assistant like you know like right after um while I was in college also and then as soon as I graduated I went and found me a cosmetology school in Charlotte and applied um to uh i went to dudley's in charlotte okay. went took out a personal loan because i couldn't i did student loans so i couldn't do government money i guess at that point because i'd already had it for we college uh-huh. so i went to no got more. a personal personal loan and mm-hmm. went to school and um part-time college school part-time while i was teaching my first year of teaching and that was like the longest 15 months of my life mm-hmm. but it was totally worth it you know mm-hmm. um so yeah, I taught, like I said, I taught for seven years, but even with me teaching, I was in the salon part-time in the evenings and on, on the weekends. On the weekends. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, well, when do you want to stop teaching? I was like, when teaching, the salary becomes part-time money to mm-hmm. me, you know? Yeah. So that kind of was my, in my head, my transition. I um, went to, like I said, I went to school in Charlotte. I stayed there a year, a um, couple of years, actually not a year, a couple of years after I graduated from there, I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was in New York, I was teaching and I worked at a um, hair salon part-time there by way of a connection that I've um, got in Charlotte. Um, a guy named O'Brien, my mentor, love him to death. Um, he, I worked for him, assisted with him uh, while I was teaching and still like working out of my house, like taking clients out mm-hmm. of my house. Moved from New York to Chicago. Um, and then from that, I was commuting here every three weeks to work at a salon mm. I had by then had mm. kind of built up a little bit of clientele while I was living in New York crazy but living in New York <laughs> I um one of my line sisters from here was getting married she was like oh come do my hair for the wedding and like everybody was like all right yeah. cool and I was like oh you need to come back and do hair on the weekends so I was like I'm not coming here on the weekends yeah. to do hair end up exactly what I was doing like every it was like the next month that came down on the bus like right after school yeah. on New York on a Friday mm. came down and like did hair for the weekend and next thing I know I was coming back catching the bus right after school on Friday coming from mm-hmm. New York to Maryland to do hair out of my aunt's kitchen she let mm. me set up shop yeah. in her apartment yeah. <laughs> in her yeah. kitchen and then I um 
moved to met this lady um lived in chicago she was opening a salon there and i was she's like oh come work for me i can teach you and i'm like all right sure like packed up sold everything i had in new york bought a condo in chicago um and then worked there didn't have a job or nothing because okay, so you like, stopped teaching i stopped teaching okay yeah mm. i stopped teaching when i moved to chicago okay i stopped teaching and was there for like a couple of weeks and it did not work out with her <laughs> like and it was yeah. just like i can't work with you anymore so i'm in chicago with a, con- a brand new condo <laughs> brand new truck oh no with mm. no <laughs> with no, no job yeah. oh, all no. i had was you know my client the little bit of clientele i had back in maryland yeah so at that point i had um was still you know i had my teaching degree so I found like a um, what is it called like a um, tutoring center Huntington Learning Center I worked Uh at one of those in New York so I found Mm -hmm. one in Chicago was working there part time and I would just kind of uh, as long as I had enough money to buy my plane ticket to come oh, back yeah, here to yeah. like get the money that I could get to pay yeah. half my bills in Chicago because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Girl, was like structuring it together yeah. half my bills in Chicago um, ended up working at um, from by way of another young lady that I worked with in Charlotte she introduced me to another salon owner in Chicago went there um, and she was like I know you don't want to assist but you know. Um, she needs an assistant. I was like, you know what? I don't have a job at this point. So I went and did an assistant at a a salon in Chicago. I was like, listen, I got a clientele in Maryland. I can work here as long as I can leave, you know, every three weeks Mm -hmm. to go back and take my clientele. She was like, cool. So I lived in Chicago for two winters (laughs) (laughs) because the winters are brutal. And then one, um, one day I was like, yeah, I'm moving back. Like it's too cold. And so I just packed up and moved back to Maryland. Mm. So I came back here, um, but still, the clients I was seeing my clients every three weeks so I've kind of built up a client sale every three weeks so I was coming back here from Chicago where came back and um you know started work seeing them like every two weeks and I was like this is still not enough money I was living with my grandmother like sleeping in the bed with her like it was mm-hmm. crazy yeah. so and I was like they was like why don't you just teach like go back and teach like you had the degree go back and teach I was like all right so a girlfriend of mine I went to high school with, she was a principal at a charter school in D.C. So I went there. She got me, you know, set me up on an interview, got the job. So I taught in the D.C. charter school for mm-hmm. one year. And I was still, like, working, literally working seven days a week. I would jet right out of there, coming mm-hmm. from Northwest to Camp Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. An hour commute every day mm-hmm. just yeah. to kind of, like, yeah. get my clients. Yeah. So, and then after a year of that, um, I was like thinking to myself, I was like, oh, I can do this for another year, you know, at least like stack the money to teach him. But they didn't renew my contract. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, I guess this is it. Yeah. So is that how I started being well, a full time hairstylist? Gotcha. Yeah. Now, so, I, I think that's great because. Like, just to hear was that whole it? background. I about to say, it didn't feel great. It didn't feel great. Nah. <laughs> but that's, that's it. Had, but. But, but that's that motivation that so many people need mm. or to hear to inspire them because one it's like you don't have to know well you knew what you wanted to do so i'm not gonna say that but you don't have to know how you're gonna get there know how you're gonna get there if you didn't get that college degree in it you know Mm -hmm. or at 22 Mm -hmm. because we know we've talked about this plenty of times it's like i'm sure so many people of our age Mm -hmm. generation their parents were all like that like you want to study art you're no. a joke. Exactly. You want to study dance? Get out of here. Hair? It's like you better be doing some business. Yeah. Yeah. Some science. Yeah. You know yeah. stuff like that. My family was like so, that. So it's yeah. like so it's like the fact that you kept with it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying and had the 
the dedication to yeah. it yeah. Yeah. is how is really what made it work. It yeah. is. And when you're in the thick of it, I think it's good for people to hear because when you are in the thick of it, when you fly from Chicago to Maryland and you only got half the money for your bills, it feel like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what am I doing? Am and I tripping? I mean, when I say it was like, I'm in Chicago condo with like no heat in the winter, like mm. using my oven to like yeah. heat up my yeah. condo. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah. 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 And then, so look at her now. And Stream Chasers, if y'all not familiar, like, because we, we actually have like a lot of listeners that's not in the DMV area, uh-huh. but it's like Bowie is probably One of the most expensive place probably in PG County. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where she's located at. <laughs> right. <laughs> big old yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we'll get her Instagram name and all that where you can follow her. But like, like I said, when you look at the, the images mm-hmm. of the salon, is nice. Mm-hmm. So, so it's you. like from that to this. From the shoestring Chicago budget. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. To like, say she. What bill am I paying this month? Yeah. Like, oh, we're get cut off. Yeah. 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 When you in the thick of it, sometimes it's hard. Obviously, it's hard to see the end from mm-hmm. the middle. So mm-hmm. knowing that you just got to keep pressing forward one day at a time, one and, foot in front of the other. Yeah. And it's definitely hard, too, when you come from a family that's like, no, what are you going to do for uh, insurance like what if you get sick and like because yeah. every year I was every year that I was teaching I'm like I'm not teaching anyone I'm like no you need to go back so the last year I didn't even tell my parents so, like okay. I didn't even tell my family like I yeah. didn't you know mm-hmm. wasn't going back I just did it my dad was so upset with me he was like I can't believe you're not teaching and I was like dad like I'm going to be okay and then eventually he was like you make a lot of money doing here and I'm like yeah I told you yeah. <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I know my dad was like federal government. Like he didn't want to hear nothing else mm-hmm. that she was talking about the federal government. And I was like, I don't know what's so special about the feds. Yeah, it's it's not that special. Let me tell you from the inside out, it's not that special. But <laughs> but I get it. So any like other creative passions kind of had to be like, you just put those on the side or do it as a side hustle right. and try to figure it out. Right. Phew, boy. Yeah. We have gone on the journey today. Now we have. So so before before we wrap up, so we know you said you want to get into or a second location mm-hmm. and, um, you know, bring on somebody else to train, stuff uh-huh. like that. Like outside of that, do you have any other plans that you would that you can or would like to disclose in terms of like, you know, different income avenues and like things yeah. that you see, whether it's in, you know, this business or other things for you? On a personal level. Um, well, yes, I do have both, actually. On a business level, I am going to, um, I'm getting ready to start teaching classes, you know, and having uh, classes on basically, like, how to run your own salon business or, mm-hmm. you know, how to just, you know, increase clientele. Um, if, because even though people want to be in a suite, it's still like how to make that profitable how for you, like yeah. how to make that work. So I'm definitely working on some classes for that nice. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. to for another stream of income. And then on a personal side, I definitely want to get into some vacation homes. So that yes. is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Florida. I love the beach. That's yeah. like my happy place. So I need yeah. some property okay. <laughs> near some water. <laughs> yeah. I so I think that's tight. It's it's crazy because like Candace said, we had another um, salon owner, um, Dominican uh-huh. hair Dominican salon. salon. And mm-hmm. so when you, when you look at her multiple strings, she has the salon. And then shortly after she came on the show, 
she was getting her vacation homes, mm-hmm. Airbnb, but she does hers in Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks nice, so it's like multiple yeah. streams, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And when you open your second salon, are you thinking of um, you owning the salon? Are you thinking franchise? Do you have a thought or opinion on that? Um, I think, yes. Eventually, I do want to uh, franchise it, but I'm thinking the second one probably will be I will own the second That's one the yeah. okay. until I kind of get how multiple locations yeah, the multiple system of locations. that so when i figure like kind of get that system down mm. pack then i'll you know think Start about franchising but yeah. later down like my end goal is to have a school so nice. that's end goal that's nice yeah oh i like to, that and to have because i think cosmetology schools now they just focus more on like having the students like just preparing them to pass the test, which yes. is so much more to that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not mm-hmm. teaching them anything about the business side of it or like how to choose the right salon for them or like, you know, the different avenues they can go down, you know, just being a hairstylist. So yeah. mm-hmm. this is definitely, you know, you can be an editorial hairstylist. You can be the end salon. You can be a travel stylist. So it's just so many different ways. And then not only just being a, just a hairstylist, do you want to be a colorist? Do you want to be an extension specialist? Cause mm-hmm. those are definitely different, you know, yeah avenue so now let me before we wrap just one last question i should have thought of it earlier Mm -hmm. but you know um i think in the state of maryland a lot of like natural services Mm -hmm. don't require a license i think they've changed that have they i think they they uh, yeah i think you have to have i think they have like a natural stylist um certificate now they even have what they call just the um I don't know if it's called a limited cosmetology or is it just hairstyles where cosmetology, you have to learn everything like hair, skin, and nails. Oh, okay. So now they have um, a track where you can go just to learn hair. Okay. Yeah. I always wondered about that, you know, like, because there are so many braid shops. And, right. You know, as locks became more and more popular, then you got a bunch of locticians. And it's right. like, some of y'all don't know what y'all doing. Right. I'm not going to play no elbows <laughs> and pay no names. <laughs> I need a license. But anyway. Right. That's all I got. Right. Um, so if the people want to find you on the interwebs or out in the world where Mm -hmm. where can they find you they can find me on instagram my personal page is kashina c fleet Mm k-a-c-h-i-n-a-c-f-l-e-e-t um the salons page is at salon say chic Mm -hmm. um and that's salon c-e-s-t-c-h-i-c um and then also our uh the website salon say chic.com there you go book Mm -hmm. your appointment today Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stream chasers! We went on a ride of plenty. We learned lot. I learned lots of things. I learned today. a lot too. Yeah, and I learned that I need to do better with training. Oh, yeah. Darn it! Just all right. Well, I'm gonna work on it. Um, <laughs> so where you can find us on the internets is www.streamchasers.work because stream chasers do, do the work. Um, you can also find us on the Instagrams at stream.chasers on YouTube and then on all of the podcast platforms. If you are auditory listener, you know. Yeah. So the what are they place? Spotify, Spotify, Apple, Apple, yeah. All those places. All of them. That's where we at. All right. Um, And this has been a wonderful episode. And with that. Just got paid. Just got paid.